بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره Alhamdulillah, once again we are able to have our session and this session uh, and indeed these sessions all have become very significant part of my life. I hope it's the same for you. Uh, today I was in Chicago and Alhamdulillah we managed to change the flight and come earlier and with the uh, great effort of Brother Hussein, Alhamdulillah, uh, all the technical problems are solved. So now we are having this session from Washington, D.C. And I must really thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that despite all different circumstances that we have had, uh, we were able to have the sessions regularly. I hope that, inshallah, this can be a sign of Allah being inshallah pleased with us and inshallah with your prayers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help us to inshallah continue having sessions like this. Uh, as you remember we talked about the fact that human beings are free and we said that because of our freedom we are able to make our own destiny. It's up to us to decide to be a good person or bad person. To be a person who can be the vicegerent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or at the service of the vicegerent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, be a channel of mercy of Allah to everything, represent Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or God forbid to be a person who represents a bliss, a person who is doing mischief, and a person that whenever he goes somewhere, tries to divide people, tries to create problems, tries to misappropriate the property of people, violate rights of people, and become even worse than animals. So it's up to us to decide. And we said that although we don't have full control over everything related to us, there are many things which are not under our control. Some parts of our life, some aspects of our life, depend on other people or depend on natural conditions, but we have enough control to make sure that we are following the right path. This is enough. So if everything, human element or natural element, everything wants to be against you, still you are able to remain intact remain persistent and transform every bad and undesirable condition 
into your own benefit. But on the other hand, if everything is you know favorable, everything is nice, but you don't want, then you have the control and you can say no to everyone. You can say no to the prophets, no to the imams, no to the good people. So human free will is very important. And now we want to see how can we make good use of our freedom. How can we make proper decisions? How can we exercise our freedom in the way that suits us, in the way that secures our interests? This is very important. We can say that there are three major elements in making every decision. First of all, we need to have power. If I cannot do something, then I never decide to do it. If I am a rational person, I would only decide to do something that I can. For example, I know that I cannot fly, so I never decide to fly. Yes, I can fly with some techniques or some machines, you know, like making planes and flying, that's, but that's different. I'm talking, you know, like birds. I know that I cannot fly like birds, so I never decide. I know that I cannot, for example, uh, live forever. I cannot survive without food, without drink. So I don't decide to do something which is impossible for me. A rational person is always realistic and tries to have realistic understanding of what is possible. I'm not against being ambitious, but to be ambitious is something and to be a person who lives in you know very idealistic world and doesn't understand or doesn't think about the realities, this is another thing. We should live in real world and we should know what is possible, what is not possible. So one condition for having a proper decision is to have power. The second is to have motivation and desire. If I can do something, but I don't like doing that, then I don't do it. For example, I can be a student who studies and has the ability to learn. He has good memory, good understanding, high IQ, but doesn't have desire. This is another problem. There are many people who can do very well, but they don't want. Not that they cannot. They can, but they don't want. They don't desire. They have no enough motivation. And the third condition is knowledge. Sometimes people can do something, and they want to do it, but they don't know how to do it. So either they don't do anything or sometimes they do wrong things. If, for example, there is a person who is ill 
I want to help that person who is ill, and I have ability to help, but I don't know how to help. So I may do nothing, or even I may, for example, give him some food or some medicine which is not helpful. I need to know how to use my power in order to help him. So in every human choice, you need three conditions to be fulfilled. Having enough power, having desire, and having knowledge. We can say that with regard to, with respect to human perfection, human approximation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, power is there. Every human being, even if he is put in a very, very difficult situation, has the power to be good. You remember we told about people who were in a very difficult situation, like the wife of Pharaoh. So power is there. Desire is also more or less there. I don't think any person or any rational person would say, I don't want to be a good person. I don't want to be perfect. I don't want to be close to God. At least among the believers, we don't find such people. But the problem is that the third element, which is knowledge, is sometimes, or most of the time, either missing or is not at the enough level, at the sufficient level. So people have ability to be good and want to be good, but they don't know how. And sometimes they work hard, but instead of doing good, they do very bad things. There is a beautiful hadith which says, As-sa'iru ala ghayra basira. The one, uh, or sorry, al-amilu ala ghayra basira. The one who acts without insight, without having proper understanding of his condition and of what he's supposed to do, is kasair ala ghayra tariq, is the one who is moving but on a wrong route, wrong direction. La yaziduhu the faster he moves, the farther he gets. So, for example, if I want to go toward north, unfortunately, I have missed the right direction and I'm going toward south. Okay, the faster I go, the worse it becomes. Because I am going faster towards the opposite direction. So the more effort I make, it becomes worse. So there are many people who work very hard 
and they think they are doing lots of good things, but in the end, they will realize that no, they were doing something that was not really good. They did lots of mischief. They were misguided and they misguided people. They wasted their talents, they wasted their time and energy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, قُلْ هَلْ أُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِالْأَخْسَرِينَ أَعْمَالًا Tell them, do you want me to tell you who is the person who is in greatest loss? الَّذِينَ ظَلَّ سَعْيُهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ يَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ يُحْسَنُونَ صُنْعًا The people whose efforts are misguided are not well oriented, are not well directed. And they think they are doing good things. So they think that they are doing something for the sake of Allah, something for the sake of humanity, something for the sake of community. But indeed, they are doing nothing good. So knowledge is very important because it is the knowledge that gives you the direction. If you have desire and you have power, but you don't have enough knowledge, your power and desire will be wasted. And also, knowledge is something that gives you more determination. It is true that many people, at least among the believers, I think all people, want to be good, want to be very close to God, want to be pious, but their desire is not that strong that makes them determined, makes them 100% oriented towards perfection. By having more knowledge, by having deeper knowledge, by having more insight, one can increase his thirst for goodness, his desire for reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the same way, by knowledge, you can increase your power. We human beings have so much power that I think only on the day of judgment we will really, we'll really realize what we were able to do. You know, look at the people, for example, 1,000 years ago. They thought that perhaps they have done everything that they could do. Maybe little is remained. Look at the people now. We can do much, much, much more than what the people used to do 1,000 years ago. Maybe. After thousand years, when people look at us, they say, oh, those people, you know, were so much, you know, left behind that they were not using except a little portion of their capabilities and capacities and power. Human beings have so much power that they can do extraordinary things, but if they know how to do it. So... Although we have three major requirements for having proper choice, and that is to have power, to have desire, and to have knowledge, but you can say in a sense knowledge is the 
most important one. Because first of all, you have the power and desire, at least enough to start. And secondly, by having knowledge, you can increase your power and your desire. So it is very important for us to increase our knowledge. And in particular, for us to be able to pay, make proper decisions, we need knowledge of the following three. Our origin. Where am I from? It's very important. Where is my present situation? Where I am now? And where am I heading? What is my future? If you look at page 116, you find this beautiful hadith from Imam Ali salam, which Mullah Sadra has quoted in his famous book Al-Asfar Al-Aqliya Al-Arba'ah. The hadith is as follows. رحم الله امرأ عرف من عينه وفي عينه وإلى عينه May Allah's mercy be upon the one who knows where he is from where he is now and where he will be in future In other words, we have to know our origin our present and our future for this reason, we have an independent chapter for each of these three. What should we know about our origin? Of course, there are many, many things that we have to know about our origin. But at least to know that we are not created by chance. We are not created as a result of a blind process of evolution even if there has been evolution this evolution was well planned otherwise how could this process always result in the best possible you know scenario how is it possible to say that if there is a house in a, for example, forest. This house is created by chance. Even if it is a small house, when you see that it is a house with roof, with wall, with ceiling, with window, you don't accept that this can be created by chance. For example, there was a storm, and then that storm, you know, cut off some trees, then some animals put those trees uh, on each other. Then some insects made, you know, some, for example, like something like cement, you know, between them. You don't accept such a, you know, possibility to be real possibility, really a possibility. And now I ask you, is human being less complicated than a small cottage house? Even one finger of human being is much, much more complicated than the biggest construction that man has ever built. Even one insect 
sometimes, you know, when I look at, you know, an ant, for example, I say, this is a great creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, for a helicopter to be able to fly, for a machine to be able to move, we need so many things. Not only before we produce them, even after we produce them. They need road, they need technicians, they need car, uh, you know, petrol, oil, lots of things they need. This ant, this fly, this mosquito, this cockroach, these are small insects that we sometimes underestimate their sophisticatedness without any help. Without any technician, without any oil, without any patrol, they are living self as self-sufficient beings. They get air, they eat, they produce energy for themselves, they reproduce. Everything is very well planned. How can this be all by chance? Do you think, a, for example, a bee, is less complicated than a helicopter or than a plane? I don't think so. It's much, much more complicated. So, we must know that we are not created by chance. We are created by God Almighty for a purpose. As soon as we realize that we are created by God Almighty, we realize that we are created for a purpose. God, the wise, doesn't create things in vain. So we are created for a purpose, and we need to know our purpose. So this is very important, and in a sense we can say this is a great also a spiritual support for us. To know that we are created by God, not by chance. You know, like a child who knows that he is a legitimate child of a legitimate family and knows his parents. This is very important. Compared to a child that doesn't know how he is created. He doesn't have parents. He doesn't know, you know, who was his mother, who was his father. Just is grew up in nowhere. Psychologically, this child, you know, faces lots of problems. So, when we know that we are created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we feel very proud. We are proud because we are creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Ali alayhi salam says, if you look at page 122, in a famous dua that we recite also in the last uh, sajda in Salat, Elahi kafa bi izzan an akuna laka abda, wa kafa bi fakhran an takuna li rabba. O Allah, it suffices me as honor and glory to be your servant 
and it suffices me as honor to have you as my Lord. O Allah, you are what I love. So please make me what you love. So this is great honor that we are created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah. That we are his creation. But at the same time, we have to appreciate this. We have to feel responsible. We have to be thankful. If I am not created by chance, if I am not created by evil powers, I am created by Allah, the most merciful. So I have to be also merciful. I have to be also good. I have to be somehow representing my Lord in this world. So, we have to know our origin. Secondly, we have to know our present situation. What is the nature of this life? This life that we have is the only opportunity that we have. We are not going to be born again. Even if we believe in the return, Raja, it's not a complete new beginning. In the sense that, for example, if I was a bad person, then I can have a new life and become a good person. No, Raja is not this. We don't believe in reincarnation. Raja is that good people would be given a chance to come back to this dunya in the end of time to see the victory of truth. And bad people would be brought back so that they suffer by seeing their defeat. Not that a good person will be bad person, for example, or has the chance to be bad person and vice versa. So, we have only one this opportunity, golden opportunity, is our life. And as we have in hadith, ad-dunya mazra'atul akhirah. This is the farm in which you can grow something for your eternal life. This limited opportunity that we have, I don't know how long, and I don't know how long is left. One year, one, ten years, I don't know, one day, one hour, one minute, we don't know. We are very vulnerable. And no one would ask your permission. Are you ready to depart or not? We must realize that everything that we have depends on this life whose end is not known. We don't know when is our deadline. So we have to be extra, extra careful about any moment of this life. May Allah make me first understand the value of this life because I am in greater need and then you. I'm sure you know better. How much this life is valuable? Imagine, God forbid, but just imagine you are dying soon 
and your family members are around you. They are trying their best to save you, to help you. They cannot do anything. Doctors cannot do anything. You feel that gradually you are losing your power. With difficulty you are talking. And you feel that soon you will not be able, even, even able to talk. In that time, what would be your feeling? What would be your evaluation of yourself? Would you be able to say that, Alhamdulillah, I live very nice life. I made most and best out of my life. If I am given another opportunity, inshallah, I will do the same. Or you would say, I have wasted my time. I have wasted my energy. I have done things that are not useful for me. I have collected things which are not useful for me. You want to give everything that you have so that you can have one extra day. But it's not possible. May inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us prepared for that moment which without any doubt is coming. May Allah make our departure from this world very convenient inshallah, very comfortable inshallah. And inshallah may Allah make the last moment of our life the best moment of our life. But anyway, this is a reality. This is something that we have to think about. We have to prepare ourselves for that. Imam Ali salam said, Ajibtu liman ayyana bil maut I wonder how a person who is certain about his death can laugh. It is true that a mu'min should smile, should look happy. But deep inside the heart of every moment, there is some sorrow. And until we meet our Lord and we realize that He is pleased with us, this worry is there. Maybe not apparent in the face of mu'min. Al-mu'min bushruhu fi wa khuznuhu fi khalbeh. A moment's joy and happiness is on his face. But his grief is in his heart. Sadness in his heart. This sadness doesn't go away unless, inshallah, we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we realize that He's happy with us. In any case, we have to know the nature of this life. We have to know how vulnerable we are in this life. Our health, our youth, our energy, our memory, everything can be sooner or later taken away. So when you have them, appreciate them. The same is true about your friends, about your relatives, about your children, about your husband, about your wife, your parents. As long as you have them, appreciate them. As long as you have them, be kind to them. Not when you lose them, then you say, oh, I wish my mother was here so that I could serve her. I wish my father was here so that I can respect her and do something for him, respect him and do something for him. 
I wish my husband was alive, my wife was alive. No, these are not useful. Do something as long as they are with you. You are vulnerable, the people around you are vulnerable. Why should we fight? Why should we waste our energy with disputes and debates which are not useful? You know, this young person, for example, your child who is, for example, sometimes, you know, showing not good behavior to you, or your husband, which shouts at you, for example, I don't know, or your wife, anyone, may look very, you know, strong, may look very powerful, but if you look at him or her, you know, deeply, you find that this is a big, weak creation of Allah and is very very vulnerable and may sooner or later die or become seriously ill and then you yourself would feel sorry for him or her so don't fight him or her have mercy on them try to raise your position into the level that instead of feeling that they are threat for you, you look at them as a teacher. You look at them as a parent. You look at them as a guide, a teacher or a parent or a guide. Never get angry with his children or with his students or with the people that he wants to guide because he knows that they are not able to understand better he really knows that they are very very you know much uh, in need of help and care and support and prayer if you feel that you are at the same level and you feel that they you know are your rivals yes you feel you know threat Whenever you face bad people, try to have love for them. Try to have mercy for them. Try to be concerned for them. Try to pray for them. It's very important. Whenever you have problem with someone, after your salat, pray for that person. And shaitan will be very disappointed. Shaitan says, oh, I wanted to create fifna between these two people. But this person is praying for that person. So shaitan never comes to you, inshallah. In any case, we have to appreciate our life. We have to appreciate people who are around us. We have to appreciate everything that we have. And also, if there are difficulties, we have to know that these are very temporary for a very short time. These are not going to remain forever. With every difficulty, there is some ease. So, our understanding of our life, of our present situation, is very important. And then about our future. We have to know more about our future. What are we going to face? What is Barzakh? What is the life between this world and the hereafter? The day of judgment. What is the day of judgment? What are the conditions of people on the day of judgment? What is going to happen to us? What is the day of judgment? And the return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or liqa'ullah, the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is sirat? 
a bridge. What is the idea of giving the book to person in his right hand or left hand? What does intercession mean? And who are the people who are eligible for receiving intercession? What about forgiveness? What about heaven? What about hell? What about the levels of ranks in the heaven or hell? There are many, many things that we have to know. And above everything, we need to know which actions are most useful, most productive in the hereafter. So that we can do more. You know, it's like a business. You cannot only buy good things. You have to find out which goods are the best, which can make more profit. A moment is very clever. He knows that first of all, he has to do business only with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and independent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and separate from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is useless. Even if he wants to be good, he cannot. Sooner or later, it shows that he is not able to do anything for you. He becomes bankrupt. He himself is in need of help. Only we should do business with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we have to see what are the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala buys best. What are the things which are most pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Sometimes I think that this action is very good, but then on the day of judgment, I realize, no, something else was better. So we have to be very careful. Sometimes I think that if I do this Ibadah or go to this yara is very, very good, which is indeed good, but maybe better than that is if I help a family who have problem, a family that is going to break, instead of going for ziyara or going for Ibadah, I spend some time and energy to keep this family together, to solve their problems. For sure, this is much, much better than any mustahab, hajj or ziyara. Of course, you have to do those things as well. But I'm saying that don't you know, think that it's only your ibadah which is important. You can hardly find any ibadah equal to helping people, equal to bringing people together to reconciliation. Islahu zat al-bayn, as Imam Ali salam said in his will. Afzalu min ammat al-salat wa-siyam. If you reconcile between two people, it's better than one year of prayer and fasting. So we have to learn these things which are very important for our future. So if we know our origin, our present situation, our future, we would be in a very good position to understand what is the best thing that I should do, what is the best pattern of life that I should adopt. And then, inshallah, if we do these things properly, 
then we would be in a position that we can achieve our aim our goal of our life because the time is over and we were supposed to have only eight sessions so I stopped here but inshallah I am very hopeful that you yourself would continue reading rest of the book because there are some important chapters left maybe inshallah you can have you know something about that in the next course that we are going inshallah to start uh, let us now start with the questions and then inshallah we will close this session the first question is sometimes you may have the desire and knowledge but you don't act why is it so yeah the reason is that your desire is not strong you want but not so strong that you are ready to do some sacrifice you know, sometimes if you ask every student, do you want to be a doctor, an engineer, a professor, or, you know, alim? They say, yes, we want to learn, we want to be very knowledgeable. But this is just a childish desire. A real desire must be so strong that makes them determined, makes them ready for sacrifice. So we need to strengthen our desire. We need to strengthen our determination. And that is by having proper knowledge about what we can achieve and about the ways that we can strengthen our determination. And one of the important things maybe I mentioned uh, previously is contemplation. To think. If I am a student and every day I think and contemplate about the outcome of studying and not studying and what happens with the people who have studied what does happen to the people who didn't study if i think about these things then i will be really clear about the benefits of studying and then i will be motivated to study more second question how do you strengthen your desire and avoid shaitan from weakening and distracting you very important question and this is indeed continuing the first question to strengthen your desire you need as I said to know more to have contemplation on a daily basis at least once a day you have to think about those things that you desire but you don't act upon why is it that what am I losing now? This is very important. The other thing is that try to do certain things that you desire, even if, for example, you can do a little, but try to do them without any exception, regularly. And in this way, you can generate some confidence in yourself. You can see that you can decide something and actually do it you know one of the benefits of the months of ramadan is that in the end of months of ramadan we all feel that we are very strong and powerful because i was able to resist against my temptations my naps for whole months of ramadan so why i cannot be the same in the rest of the year for sure i can be 
So if we do certain things that we desire regularly and without exception, then inshallah our determination and our ability to remain persistent inshallah would increase. And also if you do more ibadah, ibadah is very important and especially if it is done regularly. If we can have some sort of ibadah, maybe recitation of the Quran, maybe some zik, but in a regular way, this is very important and this keeps shaitan away from you, inshallah. Question three. Are we punished by our sins such as hate, greed, or lack of wisdom, or for sins by someone external to him? We are not punished for certain feelings like, for example, hatred or greed or lack of wisdom. If we have not acted upon them, we had a discussion in this book uh, about the difference between akhlaq and fiqh. And in that discussion, we explained uh, that certain feelings, certain qualities, which are morally very bad, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not punish us for them. For example, to be jealous is very bad. Very, very bad. But if I am, I am jealous, but I don't do anything wrong, I control myself. So it's not that because I'm jealous, I do ghayba, I do tohma, I you know, accuse someone, I backbite someone, I, I don't know, uh, damage someone's reputation. No, I don't do anything, but inside my heart I am jealous. Allah would not punish me for this. The same is about greed. If I am greedy, but I don't do something wrong, Allah would not punish me. Uh, there are, of course, some exceptions that we have mentioned in the book. But for human perfection, it's very important that we get rid of these bad qualities and bad feelings. Because sooner or later, first of all, sooner or later, they may lead towards some action. It's very difficult always you know, to avoid. And secondly, because our heart suffers from these illness, so we receive less light from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, more than our action, looks at our heart. And if our heart is a heart which is ill, which is sick, because it is greedy, it's jealous, it's selfish, it's fearful, it's arrogant, then we are not able to receive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's light and mercy as we are supposed to be. About being punished for sins by someone other than us, of course, no one is punished for sins that he is not responsible for. So if someone else is doing a sin and I have not misguided him, I have not forced him to do the sin, so he is responsible. But if I have misguided that person, then he is responsible for sins and I am responsible for misguiding him. But if I have nothing to do with his sins, so I am not punished for that. The other question is, if Allah knows how each human will eventually act, why does he punish and take account at the end of the life? Yeah. 
the answer is that when you say Allah knows how each person would eventually be, so how does Allah know that? Allah knows that this person is going to do this voluntarily. You know, so if we really think about this question, we realize that uh, it, it is, uh, the answer is not very difficult. If I know that tomorrow you go to your office, then is it because I know that you are forced to go your, to your office or because you are going to decide to go to your office? I know. You cannot say, why did you force me to go to my office by knowing that in advance? Knowing that in advance doesn't force me. All of us know that tomorrow morning millions of people will go to their offices. We know that. But why do we know that? Because they are going to do this. And if they don't do this, we wouldn't know this. So our knowledge depends on their performance, although it may come earlier. So this is very important. The knowledge may come earlier. You may know something in advance. But logically, your knowledge depends on what is known. So if Allah knows that this person is going to do something good in future, it is because he's going to do that thing Allah knows. Not because Allah knows he's going to do that. So the knowledge of Allah depends on our performance and without, without performing anything how Allah knows what I am going to do the other question is as many civilizations have risen and fallen do you believe that people and nations do not have to fall if they follow Allah's teaching of course if a nation a community a society if they observe the rules and regulations made by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they day by day become stronger law anna ahla al-qura amanu wa attaqaw lafatahna alayhim barakatin min as-sama'i wal ard this is quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says if the people of the towns had piety and faith we would have opened up to them the gates of the heaven so that the blessings would come to them from the heaven and also the same with the earth the reason the nations civilizations fall is that they disregard the rules made by Allah the laws made by Allah in this world they become arrogant they become careless. Therefore, they collapse. Otherwise, it's not, you know, a fixed or predestined fate of every civilization that it has to fall. Okay, uh, it seems that we have no more questions. Uh, I have received five questions so far. 
So I should uh, stop this session. This is our final session by again thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving us this opportunity to have some time for remembering him and for reflecting on our own destiny, on our own life, our own reality. It was very enjoyable experience for me and as I said, you know, it became a significant part of my life to know that in such a time I'm able to somehow be with my brothers and sisters from different parts of the world. Although I was not able to see you, but uh, I can feel your presence. I can feel that our hearts are connected and inshallah your du'as would continue for your humble brother and for every one of us. Inshallah, we pray together that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us always on the right path, keep our children generation by generation on the right path. We pray that inshallah our communities would be safe from anything which is bad and disliked. Our communities come much more inshallah closer and uh, united inshallah. We also pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the people who have helped and organized this uh, webinar inshallah Allah would reward them and bless inshallah their lives and I hope that inshallah uh, soon again we can have uh, another series of lectures and inshallah uh, if you have any comments to improve this type of you know programs you know please do not hesitate to send the comments to the organizers and inshallah I'm sure that they will take into account and for sure whatever I receive I will take inshallah into account thank you very much for accepting me to be with you and for being patient with me I know that I am not a good you know a speaker I'm not a good alim but your Tolerance is something that gives me you know, the courage you know, to do and to undertake such a position. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with all of you and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah give you so much wisdom and so much light that each of you inshallah would be a guide for many 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 other people. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alamin.